0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com beat reporter for the Longhorns, Joe Cook. Joe, uh, you just got back uh, to your place from uh, meeting with Steve Sarkeesian uh, earlier today after the Longhorns finished their 10th practice of the uh, spring ball uh, campaign. Uh, Joe, uh, immediate takeaways that you had uh, from that uh, press conference?
1: Yeah, uh for the most part, pretty run of the mill. Um, no news is good news at this point. It seems like um, at a certain juncture, you know, you kind of get through going through the motions and sometimes younger players have problems with that. It sounded like Steve Sarkeesian pointed that out uh, as, as taking place Saturday during the scrimmage, but they were able to to get through it. And uh, uh, the young, the older players um, including a few different leadership candid- uh vocal leadership guys that, Sarkeesian identified were were key in helping those younger players get through those moments in the scrimmage and develop a little bit more as a result.
0: I tell you what, I was actually uh, one of the things that uh, caught me was the question you asked of Sarkeesian, uh, and that was about the edges uh, beyond Baron Sorel. Uh, the Longhorns right now uh, simply it's it's uh, more by committee than it is any individual. Uh, but uh, tell us what uh, Steve Sarkeesian said about. What's happening at the edge opposite uh, Baron Sorrell at this point?
1: Yeah, so the reason I asked that is, um, I forget who who asked it, but early in the spring, that was one of the main questions. You know, if, of course, with Ovia Gofu headed to the portal at LSU and Sorrell playing well, but not just taking that position, um, both both edge positions were a little bit of an unknown. Uh, heading into spring. And, and early in spring, Steve Sarkeesian brushed the question off a little bit, not in a mean fashion, but he just said, I, I don't know. I, I don't have enough data. So after you know two-thirds of the way done, I I, would, I was I asked the question hoping he had enough data. Uh, but you know as he does in press conference settings, he mentions everybody. He mentioned uh, Colton Vosick. He mentioned Baron Sorrell. He mentioned, not in this order, Ethan Burke, Justice Finkley, Jamon Tapp. He, he kind of mentioned everybody uh so but it that's those are the same players we've been mentioning too uh after Sorrell, like you said um Burke, Finkley tap, Vosik that that seems like it's been the the group of guys who are contending for those spots um on the edge and he even mentioned Chris Ross pretty quickly uh so a lot of different bodies there they're trying a lot of different solutions it sounds
0: like it, it's very interesting to me because here's a couple of things that we're hearing right now. One is, I'm hearing that uh, Ethan Burke may have overtaken Justice Finkley as the starter opposite, uh, uh, opposite uh, uh, Baron Sorrell. Is that a hundred percent fact? I don't know, but that's what I'm hearing behind the scenes. So take that into mind. I also thought it was interesting that Sark actually used Burke's name first when it came out. Not that you can pay much attention to it. And then the sub, the other piece of this is that he hadn't really mentioned Jamon Tapp or Chris Ross prior uh, to today in any press conference. Uh, Ross, we were told a week and a half ago or so, and we mentioned it here on, on Texas Football as well as at Inside Texas, Ross is starting to get some play as one of the team's better pass rushers, uh, which is interesting because you really thought that maybe Tap and or Burke might be in that role, uh, but uh, Ross showing some ability uh, there as well. And, of course, that's the one thing that Justice Finkley, Finkley probably better against the run than the pass, uh, so it's very, very interesting to me what's playing out right now. Uh, I can't wait for the uh, spring scrimmage, uh, which is going to occur on April 15th, uh, a Saturday. Uh, we'll all be there, Joe, for, for that one. Uh, it's interesting because uh, this is one of those points where uh, Texas has to have some pro- productivity from that position to maximize as a defense. They have had They have lacked productivity or ideal productivity from that spot. Uh, The past two years. Another thing that Sark took on uh, a comment that I want to ask you about leadership. Uh, We have talked about that until we're blue in the face. Who is it going to be? Is it going, you know, Given that Roshan Johnson is gone, Bijan Robinson gone, uh, no doubt the leaders of this past year's team, who's going to be the next to step up? Very interesting. Uh, a lot of people have thought maybe it was Jatavian Sanders and, and Steve Sarkeesian did mention him, but it was almost secondary to Jordan Whittington, uh, the, the young man out of Cuero that's a returned for a senior year uh, wide receiver. And then he also mentioned Quinn Ewers stepping up uh, as well. Yeah, uh, that crew.
1: I mean, you you want to know that Quinn Ewers is in that group. Uh, I feel like we all kind of had a feeling we'd hear Jordan Whittington's name. I I had a feeling I'd hear Jordan Whittington's name. Um, I had a feeling you know that we would hear Jaron Thompson's name. Jaron Thompson talks pretty highly about everybody, uh, but hearing Byron Murphy, hearing Baron Sorrell, uh, hearing Jatavian Sanders, and of course Quinn Ewers. Those are guys who probably had some players ahead of them last year who were the more vocal guys. And, uh, you know, even with Quinn Ewers, that's that's a little bit of a tough situation because he was a starting quarterback, but wasn't the most vocal guy. Those other guys were starters or had starters, you know, starter volume of snaps. But there were other guys who had that vocal role uh, who took it on. So these guys are stepping in. But of course, it's most important that Quinn Ewers is doing that. Uh, starting to lead from the front, get out of his comfort zone a little bit as the quarterback, uh, because that's that's what it takes. It, it really takes a, a quarterback to be able to get things going, start things, especially when you don't have uh, players that Steve Sarkeesian called an alpha like Johnson and Robinson.
0: Yep, it's interesting, Joe. Uh, leadership on offense, Whittington, Ewers, J.T. Sanders, guys that have done it uh, and been there. Uh, on defense, he mentioned Jaron Thompson, of course, like you just did, Byron Murphy, Uh, the big defensive tackle out of DeSoto, only a junior, Baron Sorrell, uh, as well as guys that other people are kind of looking up to and looking toward uh, to know how things are done. Uh, It's very interesting that it was almost uh, – it's almost – we've talked about this before. Jaron Thompson, you mentioned he talks highly of everybody. He is the key to this defense in many ways because he is the communicator. Uh, He is the one that gets people lined up right make sure they're in the right spots. Uh, his, his ability goes beyond uh, just what he brings to the field. Uh, that's interesting. I thought the addition of Byron Murphy in that discussion as a leader is interesting because I feel like Murphy is, while he's a, a vocal player and an uh, uh, a energized player, I felt like he was talking, Sark was talking more and included Murphy more because of he was someone that he wanted other people to emulate off the field as well.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, remember about Byron Murphy, he showed up to UT, I think with a quite a few hours and especially his associate's degree. So this is someone who knows how to take care of business, knows what types of things are required on and off the field to have success. And uh, doesn't sound like he's afraid to let others know that same thing. And, and again, he's, he's a quality player, um, not only on, on defense, but one of my favorite aspects about him is that he plays fullback in, in Texas' goal line uh, packages. So uh, definitely someone who is willing to do whatever it takes for the team uh, to, to have success and someone who's not afraid to you know use that maturity for even being what I think just a junior, uh, use that maturity and, and show others the, the right way of doing things.
0: I, I tell you what's interesting to me. It, Sark talked a little bit about the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, mentioned running back Jaden Blue had a good scrimmage. Said he's done some things on the outside that he's very impressed with, and that he's he's really happy with his maturity overall and where that's headed. I think that's a always a good sign when a young player starts to t- starts to take to coaching uh, really well. That's great. Mentioned Savion Red being excellent between the tackles. We've mentioned that here uh, on uh, at Inside Texas as well as on Texas Football. Joe, about what we're hearing with him. Uh, and then, you know, we talked a, a little bit about Sed Baxter maybe being slow to start on Saturday, uh, but then finished pretty strong. Uh, the running backs, uh, you know, after Jonathan Brooks, after Keelan Robinson, it looks like it's a toss-up uh, right now uh, between a number of players. But Jaden Blue got the first mention from Steve Sarkeesian. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, Joe, and it, it was really Interesting how uh, Steve Sarkeesian started commenting on the number of third year players, guys that are contributing, know what they want, know what Texas wants uh, from these guys. Uh, And the first name out of his mouth was David Benda. And what I felt like was a really good sign uh, is what the head coach had to say about Benda. And it really started in winter workout with him. It didn't just start. Uh, In spring practice, he was working with Coach Choate uh, in the offseason, learning more about the defense, and that has carried over, apparently, into uh, spring ball and Benda right now, the uh, uh, odds-on leader to take that starting linebacker spot opposite Jalen Ford. Joe, one second. I think I'm having a hard time hearing you right now, bud. I had it muted because people are working in my apartment outside. It's okay. Um,
1: yeah, that's another good sign and a good piece of evidence for uh Steve Sarkeesian to use throughout the roster and show: look, just because you may not get in on the field and on you know conventional downs right away doesn't mean that your story is written. You can be a special teams player, and that's uh, you know, you can even go from starter to losing that job and then come back still um, and have an opportunity to be a big time contributor and to, you know, make a difference on a team later on in your career. You know, David Benda probably could have transferred somewhere. Maybe uh, probably would have been able to stay at a power five level. If not, he could have gone and started for sure right away at a G5 school, but he didn't. And now he's You know, in in line or at least giving him his best opportunity possible to grab and hold a starting spot at Texas, and that's good for David Benda, obviously doing all the things necessary to help you know physically be ready for the position, mentally be ready for the position. But it's also again good for Steve Sarkeesian that he can show players, look, I know that portal's there, I know that one-time transfer is there for a little bit while longer, uh, but you stick around, you stay here. You can come and finish your career out as a starter if you put in the work needed to get to that point. And David Benda as well, a couple other guys are putting in that
0: level of work to to do just that. Yeah, I feel like he mentioned Keaton Crawford, uh, Maurice Blackwell as well. Those guys uh, as third year players that understand what the coaches want. Uh, Another thing that uh, Sark talked about that I felt was uh, important and it is the buy in from the team as a whole. And that players tend to learn just as much from fellow players as they do from the coaches about expectations, about the right way to do things. Uh, And he feels like this team is coming along in in that regard. Uh, That being said, uh, a negative out of this, if you can take one, Steve Sarkeesian is acutely aware of the transfer portal. Um, And I don't say this is it's a negative simply for Texas. It's a negative in in college football in many ways. Right. Um, He's acutely aware that things could change. April 15th, the transfer portal opens. Uh, Sarkeesian said he's going to have conversations with his team, uh, everyone on his team post-spring, see what they think and go from there. Um, What were your takeaways from that part of the discussion, Joe?
1: Not, not anything that big. I mean, it's just where we are with the sport. You know,
0: it was just, it just felt like a punch to the gut because you had a bunch of positive information and then you, you have the head coach being honest mm-hmm. and forthright about the reality of college football today.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's basically saying, look, and I, I, on a practical level, I think they're probably at like either 87 or 88 scholarship players right now anyway. So not only are they going to have, regular attrition that happens every year when guys aren't you know aren't pleased with where they are just whatever the reason may be they're gonna have that attrition they have to have that attrition and Steve Sarkeesian mentioned look I talk with all the players we have after spring and I say look this is where you're at this is what you need to work on this is what you know you need to do this to get here you need to do this if you want to stay at this level but he also kind of acknowledged that you know there are probably a few players going through practice today who already know that come April 15th, they're, they're putting their name in there. Um, and that's not, a, like you said, that's not a unique to Texas thing. It's just a thing that every single coach in college football has to deal with. And Sarkeesian was just acknowledging the reality of it, but there was another word. And I think it was, if I remember right, he didn't say, you know, we're going to have, it's just going to be an exodus they, they They're probably going to add some people too. I mean, that's that sounded like Steve Sarkeesian' expectation. He didn't give his position, uh, but he said, you know, coming and going, not just going. So that's the way the portal operates. That's the way it is in college football right now. And it was just kind of an acknowledgement of the reality, while you also factor in out on a practical level where they are scholarship wise.
0: It's very interesting. I, I one of the things I very minute. I think I picked up on there. He mentioned depth. He liked the depth along certain spots. He didn't mention the depth. He just mentioned the talent at tight end. Um, I bet that the uh, tight end, a big blocking tight end might be part of their plans uh, coming up in the transfer portal. We'll have to wait and see exactly uh, all of what that means. Uh, But the Longhorns, uh, that that portal opens up, not not coincidentally with the, the end of spring practice as well. Uh, Another thing Sark said is he likes to have an idea of his two deep uh, by uh, the end of spring. Uh, You get the feeling that he's well on his way to that right now. I mean, it it just seems to me, having listened to the last two years of him in spring ball, it's not that he's more confident now because I think Sark's a fairly confident guy. Generally speaking, it just sounds like he has more answers right now than maybe he did for the media two a, a year ago or even two years ago.
1: Yeah. I bet there was a lot more searching of what are we going to do as opposed to who are we going to use? You know, yeah, that's, that's a had, great way to put it, Joe, because you know, when they showed up, they had to go attack the portal for positions and it wasn't because those were the best players available. Uh, it was because they were just dire needs on the roster that they needed to fill. Um, in multiple aspects. So nowadays with, with the way Steve Sarkeesian is, is operating things like he even talked today about the the offensive line and how they feel pretty confident about the number of players they have there though young um, to put together a solid depth chart. They didn't even, and I know people have mentioned this in the past. They didn't even have enough depth to run two offensive lines in a spring game a few years ago. So uh, the problems have, have definitely changed or things Steve Sarkeesian has to figure out. But, yeah, I'm I'm going to go with what I said. I don't know if I can make it too much better than that. It's not, you know, what are we going to do about this? It's who are we going to use for these roles in Steve Sarkeesian's third year at Texas?
0: I thought it was a good, good press conference, and I appreciate you being there. And I know all our uh, folks do as well. Please give InsideTexas.com a try. Uh, if you have not already, it is the place to be. For Longhorn Sports and Information News, as well as discussion on the message boards, just go to the uh, Inside Texas Members Only message board and get on there. You'll talk to Joe, myself, Eric and Jerry Hamilton, Justin Wells, Paul Wadlington, Ian Boyd as well uh, as the whole crew. Uh, It is a a fun time for all. All right, Joe, I appreciate it, bud. We've got the Longhorn live stream tonight at 7 o'clock with Jerry Hamilton and Blake Monroe is going to join us again as well. For Joe Cook, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been on Texas Football. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Thank you for watching again and hook them.